The chairman of this network has rung the alarm. The culture and this country are in a state of emergency. Now, Puff does these states of emergency when there's a huge problem. And y'all already know it's a deep, huge problem we're in right now, especially with the passing of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Well, listen, y'all also know Puff's a solutions-oriented individual. So addressing the problems and ringing the alarm is a good start. But hitting y'all with solutions, that is what we make a difference. So what are the problems? Well, one, the handling of COVID-19, because it disproportionately affects our people more than any other. Number two, the deep-seated racism in this country and the laws that protect our oppressors and our killers from ever being served their justice. Now, what's the solution? Well, the solution is November 3rd. The solution is going to the polls and voting. Now, y'all know how powerful we are as a people, as a community, and as a culture. Our culture moves everything. But for some reason, we've not ever been able to really move Washington the way we need to. Now it's time for all that shit to change. Yeah, y'all see the footage every day. Somebody is being killed for no other reason than they are black. Y'all, our melanin is not the sin. The sin is the racism. And our opportunity to change that shit is November 3rd. It is America's opportunity for a do-over, for repentance. Now I wanna be clear, I'm not saying that the day after this election, we're all gonna wake up and everything's gonna be gone and different and changed overnight. That's impossible. But what I am saying is after November 3rd, we can start the work, the process of the healing, start an opportunity for black people to actually have uh, first-class citizenship in the nation that we built, a path to moving the needle forward for this country. And I wanna make this clear, y'all, it's not just about the presidency, it's about the Senate. I wanna, I wanna stay on the Senate for one second. Y'all, the only reason we're on the verge of getting a third Trump appointee to the Supreme Court of the United States of America is because the Republicans control the Senate. That's the only way that happens. Y'all, we have to vote for United States senators. We also got to vote for House of Representatives. We got to vote for your governors. We got to vote for mayors, district attorneys, attorney generals. They matter. And we have to show up and make our voices heard. Now, we know what's been decided for Breonna Taylor's killers. But what do we expect? Now is our opportunity to reset this country and our expectations. So pay attention to what's in store for this state of emergency. Watch, listen, but most importantly, y'all, let's take all our energy from our protests and our uprising and let's repurpose it with strategic solution. Let's vote on November 3rd. What's up, y'all? Ebony K. Williams for this State of Emergency. And helping us sound the alarm is our partner, Cash App. Now listen, we're gonna talk about a lot today. Police brutality, voter suppression, the Black Lives Matter movement, and since of course this is revolt, we're gonna talk about how hip hop not only just fits into every political issue, but hip hop actually perpetually rises above these oppressive moments. So listen, we wanna thank our partners over at Cash App for helping speak truth to power. Look, y'all, our country couldn't be at a bigger crossroads than it is right now. Now, our community bears a special responsibility to vote in this election. Now, the good news is we have a choice. We can either vote for the incumbent, the person already in the White House, President Trump, or we can vote for Joe Biden. Now, if you think there's another choice out there in staying at home and not voting at all, let me get real clear with you. That's a choice for who's already in the White House, Trump. Now, speaking of Trump, Trump and his Republicans, they have a message of 
law and order. But AOC says that voting for Joe Biden at least gives our democracy a chance to live to see another day. A movement striving to recognize and repair the wounds of racial injustice, colonization, misogyny, and homophobia. So what do you think? Especially right now, particularly as it relates to Sister Breonna Taylor. Who do you think Trump's so-called law and order protects? Breonna Taylor or her killers? Who do you think Biden would restore democracy to more? People like Breonna Taylor or her killers? Y'all get clear, those are your choices. So what are you going to do about it? All right, now as we know, police brutality has been the epitome for all of these social justice conversations. So we had to bring in an amazing all-star panel to discuss what's at the forefront of our nation's conscious right now. Joining me, the legendary political activist and Harvard professor, Dr. Cornel West, the Emmy award-winning actress and activist, Kerry Washington, and Grammy-nominated rapper, Corday. Thank you all. Dr. West, I want to start with you. Now, four years ago, you spoke at a rally in Cleveland against police brutality and Donald Trump specifically. Now, in your speech, you said, if we don't have the courage to straighten our backs up when we see our brothers and sisters gunned down in the streets, uh, then that is a reflection on our tradition. I got to ask you right now in this moment, Dr. West, do you think our backs are straightened as a people and ready for this election? Ooh, appreciate the question. I want to salute you for being such a force for good as well as this channel. And it's a blessing to be in conversation with my dear sister and brother. We got a towering artist of the stage and TV, and we got this magnificent artist doing his thing in hip hop. But one, I think that uh, we want to be clear about what our standards are, because you see, we always have to keep track of our greatness as a people. Our greatness as a people has to do with with the depth of our love, the scope of our courage, and our willingness to serve others, especially the least of these. And and when we look at where things are now, I would say that we have the largest protest movement in the history of the country, owing to the younger generation. We got our three sisters. Uh, queer and other brothers and sisters out there raising their voices, lifting their voices, our anthem itself. Our challenge, though, is that we've got so much entrenched greed and hatred and contempt in power. And so that seems to me very important to keep in mind. Our resistance, our resilience, our love, our joy, our willingness to fight, and then what we're up against. Indeed, indeed. Kerry Washington, uh, you have been vocal and extremely consistent um, as to where you stand, and not just this election, but um, all the elections that I can really recall. You've put a plethora of voting videos out, and I love what you did this week, right? Um, you teased uh, all our Scandal fans by saying there was going to be a Scandal movie. Click here. And then when you click the link, it takes you to a site to register to vote. I mean, it's uh, I see what you did there, Kerry Washington, and I like it. I like it a lot. You got to meet the people where we are. You got to meet us where we are. Indeed. And, and, and it was so effective. But here's the thing. You, you talk about how as a celebrity, you use your platform for, for such activism, but it doesn't insulate or protect you from police brutality yourself. Um, you talked about how perhaps you get pulled over by, by an officer who hasn't seen Scandal um, or, or isn't familiar with your work as an actress and as a celeb. Can you talk a little bit more about how you personalize this moment and what other celebrities can do to use their platforms? 
Yeah, listen, I first of all, I, I always say I don't speak out as a celebrity. I speak out as an American because how democracy works, how democracy will, in fact, one day be functional is if we all have our voices. Democracy means power by the people. But when lots of people are silenced, ignored, intimidated, quieted, um, kept forced forcibly kept out of the system, then we don't have a real functioning democracy. So I don't speak out because I'm in the public eye. I speak out because I live here in this country. And it is my responsibility to make sure that the people who represent us in government are representing us because we pay their salaries. There's no other job where people aren't responding to the people that pay them, where they get to keep that job. The people in power are there because we put them there, either because we voted or we didn't vote because when you don't vote you wind up putting people in power so the people who are in power are there because we put them there and they have to listen to us but the way that they listen one of the ways they listen is is with the vote. They also listen with protests. So I think it's really important that we remember, I love that Dr. West talked about the protest movement. It, these things work hand in hand, um, but, but we have to show up in the streets and we have to show up at the polls. So I, I don't encourage people, you know, if there are celebs watching, I, I almost care less about the celebs who are watching. Like, don't show up because you're a celeb. Show up because you're an American. This is your country. Your voice matters. And to everybody else who's watching, the reality is the research says you are more of a celebrity when it comes to transforming your friends and family around voting. If I get on the radio or on TV or on my social media and I say, I'm Kerry Washington, I want you to vote, I have much less impact on your cousin and your best friend than you do. If you text or call your best friend and your cousin and you say, are you registered? Do you have a voting plan? Do you know how important this election is? That's much more significant than, than if I do. So. For me, this is about really helping all of us understand the power that we have as a people, not the power that we have because of because we're celebrities or politicians or anything else. Power belongs to the people. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you say voting season, right, Carrie? Because it's not voting day. November 3rd is a single day. There's a lot of places you can vote right now. There's a lot of places you can vote right now. And we also have to be aware of the narrative on election night because they're going to try to call things on election night and say decisions have been made. And we need to know every vote needs to be counted no matter how long it takes. Indeed. Um, as Carrie mentioned, Corday, as well as Dr. West, there's incredible power, right? Um, political power in visibility of protest. Uh, and earlier this summer, you were protesting at one of the many Breonna Taylor rallies across the nation um, and you were arrested. Mm -hmm. And then with so little social distancing protocols that, are, that are, occur behind bars in our country, you literally risked your life. I mean, let's just say it plain. You were vulnerable to COVID in a way that many of us can't understand. You risked your life um, to protest police brutality against us in this country. Why was it so important to you, Corday? Um, well, again, I just felt as though it was um, extremely imperative that we didn't lose momentum within the protest, within the movement. And um, I felt as though the Breonna Taylor case in particular was getting swept under the rug and wasn't being put to the forefront of where it should have been. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, like we are human beings. We, I'm before I'm an artist, or you know, before we're act anything, we are. I'm a black man in America, and um, I when I see Breonna Taylor, I saw you know my mother, I see my cousins, uh, my aunties, and I empathize that personal with all of the 
uh, police brutality victims, you know? And so once you empathize at that level, it's just like, what can I do? And, um, you know, I was at protest in 2016 as a college student. Um, and so it's just, um, it's just something that's within my nature to where I have to do this. I have to do something with my platform and just, you know, I just have to do something. Well, we see you and, and we appreciate you more than you know. Dr. West, we also know police brutality is not new in this country. It's been around, hell, since the slave patrols, right? What's the answer? How do we dismantle? Um, do, is, is that the answer? Um, a lot of conversation around uh, defunding the police, uh, distributing those funds into other community um, spaces that may be better equipped uh, to deal with domestic violence or mental health or other things like that, homelessness. Do you think um, the best solution, Dr. West, is to dismantle the entire police system and build it from the ground up over or is there a possibility to reform the system as it is? Well, you're right about the history, though, my dear sister, that uh, there's never been a modern people who've been so hated to teach the world so much about love and been so terrorized to teach the world so much about freedom. We've got to be committed to radical love and freedom and radical freedom in love. I think Sister Carey is absolutely right. It's got to be a radically democratic project, which means when the police kill one of our precious brothers and sisters on chocolate sides of town. They need a fair trial and go to jail. They need to go straight to jail after a fair trial. And if we don't see that, then it's clear that something is wrong. That's the key sweat moment. Something, something just ain't right. And that's exactly what we have in a white supremacist rule of law. And so we have to just keep the focus on the love, which is tied to justice, the focus on freedom that's tied to radical democracy. By radical, what I mean is the least of these, their voices must be just as important as folk at the top. See, that's what the radical democratic vision is all about, and that's why so often it's a threat, because there's too much power and greed at the top that's afraid of those Sly Stone called everyday people. Sly say what? Everybody is a star. Mm. Bootsy said stars don't have names, they shine. And I learned in Vacation Bible School, Shallow Baptist Church, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. 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 That's right. That's right. Okay, so so simply put, Dr. West, and thank you for all of that um, hyperbole. I just love it all. Um, but do you think we should be reforming these police departments, or do you think we should be gutting them from the core and starting over? Any way we can get full-scale accountability, civilian mm -hmm. control, community control, making sure that the money's going to schools and jobs and health care as opposed to simply... Uh, the more violent forms of, 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 of dealing with our folk, but that's, but that's part of the radical democratic project. But see, I don't really have one, my own particular uh, policy. It's something that the people's voices must come to, must be brought to bear in that way. You see what I'm saying? All right, so we're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Cornell West, Kerry Washington, and Corday after this commercial break. We've got much more State of Emergency on the way. Welcome back. Now we're going to pick things back up with Dr. Cornell West, Kerry Washington, and Corday. Kerry, you have been, again, very, very visible, very consistent with your activism within uh, the DNC. You even hosted the very third night of the Democratic National Convention this year. You did a you wonderful vocal job. vocal support wonderful. of Hillary Clinton. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, wonderful job. Thank you. I, I actually really enjoyed this virtual convention, but anyways, um, let me stay focused here. You, you were also a, a very big supporter of, of, Hillary, of Hillary Clinton uh, in 2016. From your vantage point, Carrie, how can we ensure that it's different this year? How can we make sure we don't repeat uh, the horror 
that was 2016 this November? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that has happened since 2016 that I think is really important is that there is a new understanding of the stakes. There's a new understanding of how much damage can be done in four years. Because what's, hap what's happened in our community in the last four years, what's happened to this country, it's not it's not that that wasn't happening before. We've been fighting, you know, there's been hundreds and hundreds of years, billions and billions of dollars spent on making sure that black people couldn't read, couldn't vote, had no agency, freedom, couldn't love our own children. Um, that That's very real. But the way that effort has ramped up and come into the light of day in the past four years is horrific. And I think my hope is that people understand again that we did that you know when you look at the margins of how these decisions were made in so many of these important states and you look at the numbers of black folk that didn't vote some of which was voter suppression some of which was you know calculated names being taken off the roll all of that is true but other people who just stayed home because they weren't excited stayed home because it wasn't obama that's not okay. Like, I don't care if you're not passionate about a particular candidate. Be passionate about yourself. Be passionate about your community. Don't show up for this candidate. Show up for you because it's more than just the presidential election. Also, we when you when when Dr. West talks about like, can we get a fair trial? Can we get accountability? In election season, you are voting for sheriffs, you're voting for judges, you're voting for school administrators, you're voting mm -hmm. to have a voice in your community. And yes, I don't care if you're not extremely passionate about the ticket for who's voting for president, the current administration cannot stay there. It, it will be such it will be so damaging to our community. It will ramp up the continued white supremacy in ways we cannot even begin to imagine. So we can't sit this one out. We just can't. To underscore it, Carrie, right? Um, all brilliant. We just lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. We just lost a sitting Supreme Court justice. President Trump has already had two picks to the court in less than one term. Mm -hmm. And they robbed and they robbed a seat on the Supreme Court from us with Merrick Garland, right? We were we, we they robbed us of a seat and have already taken up two. And if this man gets another term, y'all, we could easily be looking at four Trump picks on the U.S. Supreme yeah. Court. That could easily happen, and I think people need to get that. I just want to put well, that also, out there. Well, also listen, if these races are tight, like this is why people have to come out and vote because if the races are tight the races will get litigated, right? So like, let's say if the races are tight and we have not won by huge margins, Republican candidates will say, let's take this to the courts. Let's take this to the federal courts. If it goes to the federal courts, the Trump administration has flooded the federal courts with lots of, of judges and judges who are not gonna be making decisions that benefit anybody on this panel. So we have to make sure that we not only win, but win big, because even if they get past the federal courts and they go up to the Supreme Court, now that RBG, the notorious RBG has left us, we're in trouble at the Supreme Court. We are in trouble. Yeah, you know, my mother, Gloria Williams, always raised me to say, uh, you gotta blow it out, baby, because if it's close, 
It ain't going to work out well for you. Mm -hmm. And it is so true, Carrie. Thank mm -hmm. you for that uh, reminder. Uh, Corday, I want to ask you, um, as a, a, the, the youngest person here on, on our panel, why is it so important that our young people show up? We know notoriously this isn't just true of black young voters. Young mm -hmm. voters in general tend to um, just not show up in the, in the way their elders do. But, but like Carrie said, we just can't let it happen. Um, Corday, what's your message to young black voters? Um, what I would say, and just young voters in general, um, I f it's just extremely imperative that we go out there to those polls because this is our future that is at stake more than anything. And um, I read somewhere on the survey, it said between 18, um, people between the ages of 18 to 29, only about 19 percent of us voted in 2016 and also piggybacking off what Kerry had said it's even more imperative more so than the presidential election that you vote for your local officials as well vote for your local city councilors your your senators um your, the mayor the sheriff because these are people that directly affect your lifestyle your everyday lifestyle and so that's extremely important as well i mean i don't i can't say anything that hasn't be that hasn't been said on um just how important and how imperative it is for us to go out there and vote and win big might i add so super important so before we wrap uh i just want to thank you all for your wisdom and your gems and your perspectives and i want to ask one final question personally i don't think there's any undecided voters out there i just think this is a whole different kind of election i don't think anybody's waffling between uh trump and biden what I do think are a lot of people out there trying to really still figure out if they really want to go vote in this election. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with you, Dr. West, um, come to you, Kerry Washington, and finish with you, Corday. Uh, what's your what's your final word to the folks that are, are thinking about sitting this one out, Dr. West? Just realize that you've got a neo-fascist gangster in the White House, which was built by black people. And realize that the Ku Klux Klan is giving him a standing ovation. And that therefore you have to recognize that you play a role in resisting evil. White supremacy is a barbaric evil. And losing sight of the humanity of anybody is a barbaric evil. And therefore we have an obligation to fight evil. And voting is just one voice. We are people that say lift every voice. Not lift every echo, lift every voice. Voting is one voice. Hitting the streets. When our dear brother went to jail, he was raising his voice when he gets on stage he's raising his voice carrie's raising her voice james brown raised his aretha raised hers ruth ginsburg raised theirs raising the voices against evil that's what we need to think when we're thinking about voting this ain't just a little narrow political thing this is something moral spiritual and about whether there's going to be such a thing as a democracy in the next five years mm. Amen. Kerry Washington. I just want to say it's such a joy to be on this panel with each of you. I'm so inspired by this conversation. So thank you for, for being here today and for all the work all of you, all three of you are doing. Um, I want to be a little bit of a nerd and say, you know, when the Constitution was written, it started with we the people. But the only people who were included, the only people who were allowed to vote when they wrote that Constitution were white men who were property owners white men who, who were property owners. So poor white men excluded, women excluded, any people of color excluded. 
young people excluded. It used to be that you had to be 21 to vote for president. So this country could ship you off to fight a war, but you had no say in who your commander in chief was. People fought for each of us to be included in that we the people because we are the people, we gotta show up for it. If we sit home, we are doing exactly what the people who are in power want us to do. I know it feels like rebellion. It, it might feel like, you know, I'm not gonna participate. I don't believe in it. I'm not gonna do it. You are handing your power over to other people when you do that. Amen. Brother Corday? I just feel as though, um if you don't want the continued um, mass genocide of black people at the hand of the police, if you don't want the continued disenfranchisement of black people, um, and just all of these things that have been going on for centuries, you know, uh, people like Carrie just said, people have died, you know, people were like shot with hoses, um, hosed down, you know, arrested um for these rights that for this right for us to vote and so we have we don't want to take that for granted and we have to it's absolutely imperative especially this election that we go out there to those polls and show out and and vote honestly thank you all for your time and most importantly for keeping the energy exactly where it needs to be carrie washington dr cornell west corday we appreciate you for joining all right, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more State of Emergency after this. We must understand the politics of our community and we must know what politics is supposed to produce. We must know what politics play in our lives. And until we become politically mature, we will always be misled, led astray, or deceived or maneuvered into supporting someone politically who doesn't have the good of our community at heart. The jury find George Zimmerman not guilty. I'm mad. We should all be mad, man. We should all be angry because of what's going on right now. We're we cannot continue to allow the people to oppress African-American community. Stop saying that the criminal justice system is broke. It's not broken. It's working exactly how they designed it to be. No justice. No justice. injustice. Too many black lives, black souls taken from this earth at the hands of police brutality. And for what? It's all because racism is real. And we live in a country where black lives do not matter to everyone. So here are some updates on our sisters and brothers affected by the brutality. Jacob Blake, 
Former Madison police chief, Noble Ray, has been brought on as an independent consultant for prosecutors as they decide whether to bring charges onto the officer who shot and paralyzed Jacob Blake. Now, just weeks ago, Blake spoke to his supporters from his hospital bed as he recovered. I just want to say, man, to all the young cats out there and even the older ones, older than me, it's a lot more life to live out here, man. Your life, and not only just your life, your legs, something that you need to move around and move forward in life can be taken from you like this, man. George Floyd. Body cam footage released in August brought an even more sinister view to the events that unfolded. The officers have since been fired, charged, and prosecutors say Officer Chauvin had a history of excessive force before the incident. Ahmad Arbery. The attorney defending the father and son who shot and killed Arbery denied that the incident was racially motivated. And the man who recorded the shooting is also in jail, being charged for murder and awaiting trial. Now, George County voters may have the opportunity to vote to abolish the police department in November, but commissioners of the county are currently suing to stop the referendum from happening altogether. And Breonna Taylor. After 194 days of awaiting justice, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron announced that former Louisville police officer Brett Hankinson has been indicted on three counts of wanton endangerment in the first degree for his shots fired into other people's apartments. But in regards to Breonna Taylor, no murder charges or wanton endangerment charges whatsoever for her death. So today marks the 195th day of no justice for Breonna Taylor. Now make no mistake, these are but four instances of police brutality in 2020 alone. Now here are the names of more black people shot and killed by police just this year. And here are more names from the past decade and beyond. We must say their names, not just on social media, not just on the streets. We have to say their names at the polls. We want change and the only way to achieve it is by voting in people who will change the laws so that justice can finally be served. The oppressor's time is up, and our time is now. And we have a choice. Vote or die. Welcome back to the State of Emergency. So now Tamika Mallory, an incredible activist and leader in our community, is going to lead a pivotal conversation about voter suppression. Thanks, Tamika. What's going on, family? It's Tamika Mallory, and I'm here to lead a conversation about voter suppression, something that we know impacts all of us in our community. One in 13 Black Americans cannot vote due to disenfranchised laws. Only 40% of polling places accommodate people with disabilities. Counties with larger minority communities have fewer polling places, there's a lot to unpack. So joining me is Kimberly Jones, Teslin Figaro, and my son. So much is at stake. And so Teslin, I want to ask you a question that, you know, some people may say, why do we care what Republicans are doing and 
um, what they're what they're saying. But we see you on Fox News Channel often fighting for black people, speaking to the heart and core of our issues. Can you help simplify the Republicans overall stance on voter suppression? What should be our response in this moment? Well, thank you, Tamika, for um, asking me that question. And certainly thank you to the Revolt family for uh, coordinating this very important panel. Uh, to answer your question, just to be you know, straight up, you know, I love to be straight shot, no chaser. The answer to that is, what have we done to make sure that our voters are, are not depressed? We can cry and, and, oh, they're not letting us vote, they're not letting us do that. And while we have to work on those policies, to undo voter suppression, we cannot continue to be in reactive mode. I'm harder, as you know, Tamika, on politicians probably more than most uh, in the commentator space, but there has been some wins and we never talk about it. Since the murder of George Floyd, there's been over 100 cities that have put police reform in place. If people knew that that actually, that protest actually turned into policy, how many more can we get to the polls? Why are we not talking about that? Why are we not talking about the wins? Why are we not talking about in the state of Florida, a swing state that if you vote in this election, you can vote for $15 minimum a minimum wage that will be implemented in 2024. Be very strategized, very focused, and being very clear on why people need to go to poll to the polls, and it has to be beyond just what happens on the federal side. What is a swing state? And Kimberly, you could take it. Teslin, you could uh, finish up here. But we need to know what does that mean? Does that mean? that Ray Ray and Keisha, who live in a place that is not listed in those eight swing states, needs to show up to the polls so that they can vote for other things down the ballot that matters. Particularly here in Georgia, um, <clears throat> what we've been looking at is a transition from um, what I call like red to purple. So we've landed somewhere in between. This year alone, we were about 15 seats away from taking house. Um, the New she mentioned Stacey Abrams, her organization, the New Georgia Project, was working on that and disseminating information so that we could get that out there. Um, so it does make a difference. There are rural areas where we have very large populations of Black people that are not being reached out to. Um, so that's been something that here in Georgia we've been working on um, very diligently is, is, is looking at the purple and seeing if we can make it blue. When I was speaking to the swing states, and that's a great question that you asked, Tamika, so that they understand, we're talking about a twofold thing. You know how they say two is best to hit uh, two birds with one stone. You're going into the polls with one stone and you have two birds to hit. We need to one understand that the swing states are very important. So we need to make sure when we're talking about changing the federal election and for those who want Trump out, that the federal election is key. But it is still important on the state levels. For example, California, there is a measure on the California ballot right now called uh, J, Amendment J, Measure J. What that does, Tamika, it makes sure that a certain amount of funds are redirected out of policing, for example, on housing, community services, things of that sort. You don't have to wait four years or five years for a new president or a new Congress. This is happening right now on, in November on the ballot. You can essentially re-defund, reorganize, whatever word works for you right now in California. My son, you know, man, what is it going to take to get some of our brothers who feel the most disenfranchised in this moment when you're out there and I see people because I read your comments too and they're like, 
Don't you come on here telling us about Biden and, and Kamala Harris. They like, we can't believe it. You, how could you, you know, what is it going to take messaging? What do we have to say to our brothers right now? Um, first of all, let me say thank you for allowing me to be on this panel with you beautiful, educated black queens, man. I'm, I'm just sitting here learning. I understand what, you know, how dire these circumstances are right now. I know that I'd rather fight against Biden and Harris than fight against Trump. You know, I know I got a, a better fight against me. I know that we can move them a lot better than we can move Trump. I know it's going to be some people that are on our sides in those you know, in the administration, I know there are people that we can have direct contact with, that we can get things done. It's not going to be the easiest, it's not going to be the best, but it's definitely going to be better than the situation we have. But I don't know exactly, because I'm more educated about the situation than they are. But I can't explain to them beyond my education, my total knowing of the system, you know, just in straight words, how it's going to be that much easier, how it's going to be that much better, what is going to change directly for them. And they have to help us out with that. They have to give us those things. And I've been saying that. When I ran campaigns in Florida, getting somebody elected that was a felon who ran against uh, someone who was a 16-year incumbent. She was a two-time felon, arrested 21 times. You know how we won first time ever running ever in law in office? The strip clubs, the hood, the felons that couldn't run, that couldn't vote. We got their baby mama, their cousin. They sister, they whoever. And she made it make sense to them in their community on the local level. We can't, our argument can't always be, well, this is what's going to get better. Because like I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, there's things that are better right now. We just don't talk about them. Why are we not talking mm -hmm. about on a daily basis that a hundred, a hundred cities moved after George Floyd? That to mm -hmm. me is better. It's not where we need to be. But if you just keep saying stuff going to get better, stuff going to get better. They scratched it in their mind, scratched that. But Trump is a gangster, period. Until the, that's why in the hood, nobody's scared of Trump. Anybody that know anything about the streets where I come from, that's gangster one-on-one. I'm going to push the line. I don't give a damn what you say. I'm going to move for my team. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you like what I say. His job is to move the ball for his team, period, hands down. Not worried about what other people say and how they feel and clutching their pearls. And, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. The hood ain't scared of nobody playing the dozens. Trump put dozens all day. And he got us doing what? Talking about Trump, 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 Trump. It's the biggest pimp game i ever seen. It's so obvious to me. If we want to talk about white supremacy, they've always had power in this country. They've always dominated. Who's more scared? White supremacy losing power that they've always had? Are black people afraid of losing power that they never had in the first place. When you talk to black people, oh Lord, you might lose your car, you might lose your house, you might lose your man, you might lose, babe, I done lost all of that. And did it and lost it more than one time and started over and over and over repeatedly. So that is not fear to me. But the people who got it and never lost nothing, they are the ones that are crawling over glass, wearing a mask without a mask to get to the polls because they have a fear of, of populism. They have a fear of socialism. They have a fear of Democrats taking over. They have a fear of this defund the police. They have a fear that folks are going to burn this country down because at the end of the day, America is a capitalist society. They have only cared about the dollar dollar bill, y'all. They always will. They always have. And that is the reason why we had a sticker on our forehead when 
we came over to this city, two things we have to do, hit them in the pocket and hit them with the policy and the protest. It's not through singing songs and begging. It's just not. Boston is the only alternative at this point in the next 42 days. So speaking of protests, the protest movement, you know, there are some who say that in this particular moment, you know, we're sitting in Kentucky dealing with the issue of Breonna Taylor. And the question that we have to ask ourselves with all the anxiety and all the angst that people are feeling and the fact that paid agitators and detractors have been showing up in our movements, causing confusion. And I guess the question we have to ask ourselves is whether this is actually hurting us or helping us, is the protest movement in general pushing us closer to being able to get our people out to the polls or or not? You know, seeing how this movement has unfolded during this pandemic and just protesting for days, for 100 days straight, like when you look at the amount of civil unrest that we're dealing with and, and the way we're acting and people are realizing how how um, essential protest is, I think it's it's no question whether or not they're effective. I think it's the only, it's the first line of our defense because when you protest something, it shows that you're not okay with it. You know, first the protest, you know, and then we start to do the change and we start to see the policy. Like as Tesla, you know, alluded to before, protest is definitely important and definitely needed. And it's definitely leading to some level of effective change. I'm going to read this to you all and we're going to close out. There is a, uh, a meme and it says um, that a lot of people feel like their votes don't count. But Trump won in Michigan by 11,000 votes, yet 277,000 black people in Detroit alone didn't vote. Trump won Georgia by 211,000 votes, yet 530,000 Black people in Atlanta did not vote at all. Trump won in Pennsylvania by 44,000 votes, yet 238,000 Black people did not vote in Philadelphia alone. In North Carolina, 173,000 votes made the difference for Trump, yet 233,000 people in Charlotte, Raleigh, Greensboro, and Durham did not vote. And so I think the point that we're leaving here today is that whether, well, it doesn't matter where you are, it just goes to show you that you got to be somewhere, participate in the process Come through for somebody or for something, for my children, for your children, and for what you truly believe. This is a moment to take the protests on the streets from whatever street corner we're on and march from the police precincts all the way down to the voting polls and make sure that our voices are heard and that our votes are counted. I want to thank everyone for helping us to get this information out there. Everyone stick around because there's going to be more after this, more important conversations will be coming up. Peace, everyone. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much to Mika, Teslin, Kimberly, and my son for that poignant conversation about voter suppression. Now on that note, just a few weeks ago on Revolt Black News, we put together a piece about the traps to avoid when voting in this election. And y'all really responded to that information. 
So here's LA-based holistic esthetician and sister to the late great Nipsey Hussle to warn y'all about more traps. Enjoy. What's up everybody? My name is Samantha Smith. I am a community voice and I'm here not just to urge you to vote, but to warn you about all of the traps out there to prevent black people from voting. So here are the top five traps. Number five, someone telling you that you can only vote at your pre-designated polling place is a trap. You can vote at any polling place, but some cities will assign your polling place way across town to throw you off. Ideally, go wherever you are assigned. But if you cannot get there, go to where is most convenient for you and ask for a provisional ballot. Number four, you're still in line and the polls just close and you go home, you've been trapped. They have to let you vote. Stay in line and tell everybody around you to not go home. Do not go home until you vote. Number three, people will incite you. If you do not stay the course, you've been trapped. People there to antagonize you, saying all kinds of wild ass shit. They'll do everything in their power to throw you off because they want to prevent you from voting, but you have to stay the course despite any obstacles that are thrown at you. Number two, if shit does go left and your phone isn't charged so you can record it, you've been trapped. Look, we've seen it before. It's possible shit might go down. So make sure before you leave the house, your phone is fully charged and pack an extra charger just in case. If you download ACLU's mobile justice app, you can upload any video and it will not be deleted from the server just in case your phone is later seized upon confrontation. And number one, voting early is the best way to avoid any of these traps. Go to any of these websites and register yourself to vote early and do it immediately. Also, some of these websites have ballot tracking, similar to how you track a USPS package. Do your research and do it now because our votes matter. Vote because you matter and vote because black lives matter. All right, now we all know how powerful music is and how sometimes a song can say way more about a feeling than any speech. So now we're gonna take a look at how hip hop has infused the message into the music. Let's watch. Say money shit. Oh. Back to reclaim my throne, I'm the prince of the city, young Machiavelli, stage my own death, outwitted my adversaries. Yo, what up? This is Vic Mensa, and I'm going to be breaking down my short film, Machiavelli. We wanted to depict real people in scenarios, so we shot a lot on 47th Street, which is where I'm from, and we wanted to get people smiling, you know, we wanted to get people that you know, are really of the land and, and, and show them accurately and show them honestly, you know what I mean? Not not to sugarcoat anything, but to show that these are human beings that exist within, you know, the framework and the gridlock of these statistics that you hear about Chicago and just bring some humanity to it. I'll talk about, you know, 44% of Englewood beneath the poverty line and they eat flaming Hots for breakfast because that's all they can afford. Um, well, at the same time, speaking about, you know, the hitters and the drills that's going on. And so the noose concept was to illustrate being tied to the block. So 
all the guys are wearing the nooses on the block, which was difficult to get them to do. <laughs> it was a hard ask. Um, but they all wearing nooses tied to the block. And so when somebody comes and blows at that, then they all try to take off, but they realize they're tied to the block. So it's kind of, it's just a metaphor for, you know, being unable to escape your circumstances at times. The racist policies that you know close our schools and cancel our music programs and remove our opportunities and you know have us going into debt over health care and you know what i mean all all of that factors in to the the mental conditioning you know even the racist policy also impacts the mental conditioning you know what i'm saying because it's it's locking up people that look like you you know constantly gratitude to revolt for giving me a space to speak my mind and let me uh break down some of the parts of my short film uh get your ass out there and vote it's vote or die for real this time all right peace in our reality y'all got 99 problems and 12 still the biggest i got 99 problems but time bullets tricks i got 99 Jay-Z's 99 problems and you know I wanted to play with the numbers um you know the, the slang for police is 12 one of the slangs and it, it was just to play on numbers I got 99 problems and 12 still the biggest the thing that motivates me uh to continually speak about these issues in my art is you know I think um part of what I love about being able to have a microphone and, and use my voice and have a platform is that I'm able to reflect the times. Um, you know, I, I like to create in so many different ways, but the most purest way is to speak on what's happening around me, um, you know, and these issues are every day going on in, in our in our lives, in our communities. If our voice really didn't count, if it really didn't matter, if we really didn't have the power to make a difference, they would not be trying so hard to make it harder for us to get to the polls, to be counted, to suppress our votes, to you know continue to push this narrative that we don't matter because we do. Um, we have to be the change. If we don't show up, then we, like they say, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't put up. So, you know, go vote. What what do we have to lose? Everything black hug, black love, everything. Praise black Jesus. Play like Moses. Give them flowers while they still here, black roses. Everything black. What's going on? My name is D Smoke. I'm from Inglewood, California. And uh I'm gonna talk about my song Black Habits too. You know that line where I'm saying, you know, we got black sons running black canvas. J. Edgar Hoover killed the black canvas. You know, our black lives are a black challenge. They just leave us hanging in a black balance. We got black habits. You know, that's um, that's kind of capturing that energy of like, we are excellent. We are great at what we do. And they put it on display without giving us the 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 respect as a group of people. Because it's, it's our experience that produces those star athletes, star musicians, and, you know, rappers and things like that. But somehow, somehow us being a community that produces all of these superheroes that they like to put on a pedestal as a community we don't get the same love so they just leave us as a people hanging in a black balance while taking our cream of the crop and putting them on that pedestal for the rest of the world to admire and applaud uh my direct message to anyone who is reluctant to participate um in in this election is i understand your sentiment but 
Voting is just a basic fundamental level of participation, political participation. Um, it's up to us to manage our expectations and do that part as a foundational practice and then go above and beyond and do the things that we know that improve our community and not just vote in, in these major elections, but also in the local ones that really shape policy, you know, so um, it's, it's on us to always educate ourselves. Nothing is going to be handed out. We've never got anything easily. So that's just a foundational, you know, practice as a start, you know, and then go above and beyond to make sure we're we are being and producing that change that we want to see. But to not vote at all is to, you know, is to surrender, you know. This is D Smoke. I just want to say thank you to Revolt for giving me this opportunity to reach out and speak to the people. Make sure you guys are exercising your voice and make sure you get out and vote. God bless Inglewood City. All right, y'all. Now, y'all know that things here at Revolt are unapologetically hip hop. So today's emergency is nothing if we do not address how hip hop directly fits into this election. So I'm handing this thing over to Jeff Johnson, who's going to lead a conversation with a couple of artists on the topic. Thanks, Jeff. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Revolt. We're about to have a conversation on voting and our community. Uh, this is an incredibly important conversation for an incredibly important election. And I'm excited that you were willing to join with us. I'm even more excited uh, that we have this incredible panel. We have uh, my sister, Miss Diddy. We have my man, Slim Thug. And we have the members of Earth Gang. My man, Johnny Venus and Dr. Dot. Uh, listen, we're getting ready to get into it. You all, thanks for joining us. What up? What's going on, hey. So, so listen, I want I want to get right in. I want to get right into this. Yesterday, we saw that there was going to be no real action taken against police officers uh, as it related to Breonna Taylor. Uh, Slim, I want to talk with you, man. I mean, you, you, you've been in this for a minute. Uh, you've been on the ground for a minute. You've been talking to people for a long time. Um, and you know that people don't really trust the system. So when something like this happens, how do we keep our eye on the ball when it just seems like the same old stuff? I kind of feel what Ice Cube was saying. Like, we kind of need to go to them with a list and see exactly what we need. And then, you know, come at them with that type of, you know what I'm saying, approach or whatever. So when people see stuff get done, then they'll feel better and stay in the fight. But the more we see us taking L's back to back, it's like, you know, it's discouraging. But at the same time, we need to just be keep, we need to keep fighting for other things and get other things accomplished during these times right now when, you know, change is happening a little bit. The problem I see, though, is Cass was hating on Q like he was doing something wrong. And so when when we start talking about who are the people that actually had a right to bring black agenda issues, who are the people who don't? Um, when when last I check is my damn vote. So sure. so how do we teach people how to come up with their own political agenda? So they're not looking for perfection, but they do know what they're asking for in exchange for their vote. We have to be careful that we don't allow them to tell us just bounce the ball. You can't say Ice Cube he's just a rapper. Flint Thug he's just a rapper. In our communities, in our home, we weren't taught this. I was I had good parents, but they never sat and talked to me about how important it is to vote, how important these elections are, how important it is to vote at your local. That's something I started to learn as I got older. Well, and and the other thing too is even if our parents did do it, a lot of times 
they were asking for different stuff. I mean, th- th- sure. there, there were allegiances to party. There were allegiances to old school political machines. Um, and, and it's youngins on the street now that, that they're like, I'm not, I'm not playing those old political games. And, and Earth Gang, you've been, you've been really vocal, um, especially about what's going on in Atlanta. And I'm curious, in, in a time where it would be easy to say, I just don't trust this thing, so I'm going to sit it out. Why did you decide to lean in and get more involved? The whole political system needs like a, I guess we would call it like an iOS update. You know what I'm saying? It, just need, it needs to be more more accessible to the, to the, to the generation of young adults today. And I, and I, I think that's like our, our, the first step we could take is to vote in, in that direction. You know what I'm saying? But you, but you know as well as I do. I mean, I did, I did a piece with, with um, Jeezy the other day, and half the time we on the live, they calling us suckers for being willing to vote. Um, yeah. As, yeah. As if, what I know is that one of them going to get elected, and they're going to spend a hell of a lot of money and have a hell of a lot of power, and I just don't want to sit on the sidelines and say I did nothing. But but what are you saying um, when people are like, yo, dog, you 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 part of the damn problem now that you're supporting a system that's never worked for us? Because I hear that over and over again. It's a system that's never worked for us. Well, I'm, I'm from Atlanta, so we in Atlanta are used to seeing people that look like us in positions of power. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be yeah. mayor, whether it be council members, whether it be neighborhood planning units like that's that's something when you come to Atlanta, everybody who come to Atlanta is like, I never seen so many black people. Also, I never seen so many black people in these positions of power. So we come from a different perspective of, of what it's like to be able to voice your concerns to your own people. So that's why, you know what I'm saying? It's just our, our history of what we have going on, especially with the civil rights movement. So we understand the impact that can be had, that can be had with, when you vote, when you go out there, you know what I'm saying? And create the change that you want to see. And Ms. Diddy, you, you've been you've been running a campaign in, in Compton to get as many people registered as possible. What is it that you're hearing that really should be informing a lot of us about um, how we need to do some of this work more effectively? I'm really boots on the ground with the people like, let's figure this thing out because we have a lot of our people that are felons. And what I started looking at and trying to really figure out is what are those stipulations for felons voting? Because we're losing out on numbers if felons just think they're not able to vote. And that's not true. Just because you have a felony in some states, you're a, you get back your voting rights right after you do your time, right after you do your um. Uh, your probation or your parole, register again, you know, and so I don't want our people to be, you know, discouraged if they think they can't. Slim, I want to come to you. I I know that a a lot of us are trying to survive, but there's a whole lot of us trying to thrive. And and I'm curious, as as you listen to some of these politicians, even the the Biden-Harris camp, what are the things you want to hear around economic development, money, business, uh, that, you know, doesn't make you believe they deliver in everything, but but is in a better direction of where you think we should be than things you've heard in the past. Right. I just feel like it's little to no talk about any of this type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I was saying earlier. But I think the problem be at this point, it feel like the rappers have to be the leaders or whatever. It feel like all people look for us to be the leaders and and we you know we rappers we don't really do that we might have a big following i might have i might do positive stuff in my community 
but I'm not well educated as a person like you, so we got to figure out how to work. With yeah, you. but 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 Slim, that that ain't it all the time. That ain't it all the time because right. because the thing about it is you know your community better than I do. Right, right. You know the people that's in all it. I know. Yeah. No, but 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 sometimes that's all I, you need to know. You don't have to have a political science degree or have been a journalist to know that I know what people don't have. Politics is just about people. And if we talk more about people and less about politics, then more and more people wouldn't be so pissed off and not trust the system. Uh, for me, it's education. You know, um, I, I dropped out of college. The best decision I made for my career. Um, but um, I, I believe in education. You know what I mean? I believe that if we're educated and we know certain things, that's really important because that's the way we're going to learn um, what power um, we're going to keep. We're going to keep our power and that's how we're, that's how we're going to keep our power. So to me, it's education. I would say business education. You know what I'm saying? Because we got so many hustlers, we got so many people with great ideas and great minds that like every time I drive around in my city, I see these young brothers, these young black brothers selling waters on the side of the, of the highway. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, dang, man, like so many people just go that route because it's like I really don't have no other way. I don't know another way to make money. When we when we got all the ideas, you know what I'm saying? We one of the most ingenious group of people that are on earth. You know what I'm saying? We invent so many things. And like for us to not have that, 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 that cornerstone, you know what I'm saying, readily available all the time in the hood, you know what I'm saying? So where... You ain't got to always go to universities and get that education. That's definitely something I like to see. Well, and part of that, too, is making sure that we start celebrating the talent our babies have instead of constantly trying to tell them what they have to go get. Our kids have talent that isn't being acknowledged. And um, it's important not only that politicians get that, but that we get that because we could be funding some of those businesses if we had a better system. Uh, I just want to say I, I think uh, I think healthcare is a major issue that, that that I like to see improve, especially for our community. You know what I'm saying? Heart disease is still a huge killer of, of black people. Testicular cancer is still a huge disease. It kills man. Prostate cancer kills black men a lot. And it, it will be. I know a lot of brothers. You know what I'm saying? Around my age group, there's a lot of '90s babies that's crossing over that 26 line. They have no idea how healthcare works at all. I remember even when Obamacare was super popping, I had it, and I couldn't even figure out, like, I still couldn't get a physician to see me for, like, a long time, you know what I'm saying? It's got to be a way to, to improve those kind of things, you know what I'm saying, improve healthcare. Well, and, and, you, and you're right on, because we right now in a moment where you got Trump already in a place where he's trying to rewrite um, uh, the Affordable Care Act and appoint a justice that can finally get the Supreme Court to undo uh, the Affordable Care Act. And, and I think the fact that you're not even talking about just the policy itself, but how in the hell do we give people education to be able to navigate even the navigate good policy? We are literally uh, on the doorstep of electing another president. And it would be, we would be lying if we didn't say that there are a lot of people from our community that just don't trust Biden and Harris. Uh, they don't, they don't, they hate Trump, but they don't trust <laughs> Biden. And, Harris. and so, no, seriously. Right. And, and those are the two options before us. What's the conversation we have to, to, to have a level of honor to the complexity of where people are, what they need, but also understanding what this process really is and how voting and not voting has consequences. You got to kind of keep that optimism kind of forward in the conversation. You got to kind of 
really assert that optimism. <laughs> it's like, cool, do this now. It is a lesser of two evils now, but let's let's take the lesser and hope that there's a good on the other side of that. Exactly what he just said. Because <laughs> it's tough. It's, 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 a- it's hard. <laughs> this is not encouraging. We, we need to insert hope back. You know, that's something that Obama brought, and I think a people that have hope is is can be a real way to the future. But if we don't have hope. It's tough. It's different from faith. People think it's about faith. It's not about hope. But let me push back on that a little bit, Ms. Diddy, because because I heard I heard Slim say earlier, um, like we're who we got, and so voting does voting for somebody else, the lesser of two evils, means we don't have hope in us, and so how does the how does the voting become just one of the arse, one of the weapons we use as we go in deep? on supporting each other. Because I think sometimes we like, yo, who I vote for is supposed to come save us. And we could just sit back and watch them save us. You, you kind of said it in your question. You got to think of it as one of the weapons. Like one, You can't think of it as the weapon, you know? So you can't think of it, oh, this this the 50 cal. No, this is like one of the weapons we have. And the other weapons are, are individual actions that y'all got to take. Because I'll be honest, I, I'm, I, was, I, I don't want to see another time where we respond the way we did to Obama. Um, like we we put way too much responsibility on Bro, one chilling. that didn't had that didn't even have the power to do half this. Like when Obama got elected, it was like Jesus, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, um, <laughs> Marcus Garvey, uh it was? and, and, and Jackson, all Beyonce. came back at the same time. <laughs> And then milk and honey was about to start flowing through the streets and everybody got a cell phone and was going, I mean, it was, it was nuts. So, so it's like, how do we, how do we help people understand that, that electing a politician is not electing an activist or a savior? Although I'm a self-sufficient person, I'm a person that does what I'm supposed to do and all these things. I'm not looking for anyone to save me. I didn't think like that until you just said that right now until you just said that's one of the action pieces that's one of the components i think it's having these conversations and saying that out loud because now that totally makes sense to me that's this is one of the people yes one weapon we need our just one you all listen we, we could have this conversation forever um but we got we, we, we got a short time to a serious election. I'm telling you right now that no, ain't none of these people perfect. No, ain't none of these people uh, the moral authority. No, none of these people have have done things the way we, all of them have played us in one way, shape or form before. And it don't matter. One of them going to get elected. And so do you want your voice included in who gets elected? Or do you want to sit on the sideline and have no right to complain? That's the question. And so it, it, it really is my honor, you all, to have been in this conversation with you. Um, and so I, I just want to say thank you. So as we say good night to everybody, I say salute to you all. Salute, Miles. Thank you, Jeff Johnson, Miss Diddy, Slim Thug, and Earth Gang for that critically important conversation. Now we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a word from Congressman Hakeem Jeffries. Stay with us. I'm Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, chair of the House Democratic Caucus, 
and it's my honor to represent the 8th Congressional District in New York, otherwise known as the People's Republic of Brooklyn, a place that has given the world Jackie Robinson, Shirley Chisholm, Coney Island, Junior's Cheesecake, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and the notorious B.I.G., who I once had the privilege of quoting on the floor of the Senate during the presidential impeachment trial. We are in a state of emergency. Systemic racism has been in the soil of America for 401 years. Slavery to Jim Crow, Jim Crow to institutional discrimination, institutional discrimination to mass incarceration and mass incarceration through the police violence epidemic that continues to afflict us to this very day. We've come a long way in America. We still have a long way to go. And the two pillars of our democracy are protest and vote. Protest, the right to free speech, freedom of assembly, and freedom to express yourselves and petition the government. But voting is also crucial because the things we are protesting for are more likely to be brought to life if we elect people who share our values, protest and vote, the two pillars of our democracy. And Joe Biden is prepared to address these issues of systemic racism and police violence in a meaningful way. That is why it's so critical to vote like your life depends on it because our quality of life absolutely depends on it. Let me thank Puff and Revolt TV for your leadership uh, and for using this incredibly important platform to address the state of emergency that we confront and help to bring about change in a meaningful way. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. Vote. Congressman Jeffries, thank you so much for that word and the incredible work you're doing for our people. All right, so to y'all at home, we hope this state of emergency woke some of y'all up to the urgency as to what's at stake right now for Black America. For those of y'all that were already woke and on it, we hope you still learned something. Again, we want to thank Cash App for partnering with us to help get this information out there. In a time where there's so much disinformation, it is critical to simplify and disseminate it responsibly. So Cash App, thank you for helping get the message out. All right, look, now we all know that Breonna Taylor should still be alive. It's awful enough that this sister is gone, but on top of that, the clock on justice continues. And the hands on that clock, they're gonna keep on going in circles until we get ourselves in position to make that clock tick differently. How do we do that? We do it right now in this election season. Y'all, I've been saying it, I'm gonna say it again. We have to put people in office that can change the laws. We got to vote in people that give us a chance at justice, a chance at change. And if we do that, we rewire that clock and this entire country. It's really that deep, y'all. The people that we elect to be in public office, they're the ones that write the laws. And right now, Breonna Taylor's killers are going free. Why? Because as the laws are currently written, that's what they're designed to do. So don't get it twisted. This isn't a failure of the justice system. Nah, the current system is working exactly as it should. The current laws are designed to make sure that, by and large, 
police officers, law enforcement are not held accountable for deadly uses of force. That law has to be changed. This election gives us the power to do it. Now, we are people that have to protect ourselves, right? We know that. How do we protect ourselves? We hold people accountable. Now, that includes our friends, our families, and one another. Y'all, we got to vote. Don't even fix your mouth to say justice for Breonna Taylor if you don't plan to vote. So listen, when the far right says that we black folks don't love our country, we know they're wrong. We can love this country, still think it's flawed, and do the work to make it better. You know, in fact, James Baldwin, he always said, I think America is the best nation in the world. And because of that, I reserve the right to mercifully critique her. James Baldwin was right, y'all. Now, just because some leaders in Washington can't multitask, that doesn't mean that we can't. They expect us to stay home this November. Let's show them they're dead wrong. So y'all, if the choices are vote or die, you know what you need to do. For this state of emergency, I'm Ebony K. Williams. See you next time.